going to your first deal from a financial position of strength, having your loans paid off and saving up a down payment, and then go in and get a more traditional loan where you actually have 20% down, the bank's like happy with you and not charging you PMI. As a loyal best ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Rich Carey, how you doing, Rich? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good too. And good morning. What time is it in South Korea? Oh, it's 6.30 in the morning here. Well, you're in the military, so that's not even early for you, is it? Not bad at all. Well, first off, thank you for what you do for everyone who is in the United States and able to do things that we do because of you and your colleagues. A little bit about Rich, in addition to being in the military, he has purchased 20 rental properties with cash and flipped several houses. He paid off $280,000 mortgage in six years, and you can say hi to him at his company website, which is in the show notes page. So with that being said, Rich, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. So I'm in the military and I started my military career off, started off first in Guam, which is kind of a small island out in the middle of nowhere. Wanted to buy a property as soon as I could, but buying when I was in Guam really wasn't a good idea. So my second station was Alexandria, Virginia which is near DC. I bought a townhouse there. That ended up becoming a rental property when I moved away. And I ended up paying that off in about six years. As I moved around every two to three years, I kept trying to figure out different things I could do with real estate from different locations I was living. Eventually, I ended up in Montgomery, Alabama, and kind of realized that that was a great market for buy and hold rentals. While I was there for 10 months, I purchased six rental properties with cash. And then when I ended up leaving, I continued to buy from overseas because I was in Germany next. And I built that portfolio up to what is today 20 properties. Wow. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. First house you bought was a townhouse. Why'd you pay that off? Okay. So I was one of those sort of Dave Ramsey people at the time. And he probably bumped into us once in a while. So I've always been kind of one of those frugal savers and kind of invest well, save well, and get rid of all your debt. I've always been kind of one of those people adverse to debt, which obviously can be a little bit strange for real estate investors who tend to enjoy debt or even depend on debt. So when I bought the house for 280000 and my wife was kind of like, let's pay it off as fast as we can. At first, I thought that was crazy. And then I read one of Dave Ramsey's books, The Total Money Makeover, 
and they had all these steps about paying off debt. And I'm kind of like, well, I've already done all these steps and doing a great job. And then one of them was pay off your mortgage. And at first I thought that was kind of crazy. But then when I thought about it, it really was in line with the way that I feel about risk and I feel about investing. It sounded great to us. So we went ahead and did it. It just took us about six years. You've got 20 rental properties. Do you have debt on those 20? I do not, no. All cash, all free and clear. Yep, they're all paid off. Where did you come up with the money to buy six properties in Montgomery, Alabama in 10 months? That point in my career, that was 2013. I'd already been in the military for 13 years. At that point, my primary residence, that townhouse was already paid off. So at that point, I had been sort of pretty much getting all my rent, and that was all pure income, minus just my expenses. And I was a big saver and a big investor and just putting away much as money as I could. The first property that I bought in Montgomery, Alabama, was a house that I bought for $30,000. So I was used to buying houses in D.C., and I flipped houses in D.C., where my down payments were $80,000. So to buy a house for $30,000 was nothing to me. In fact, the idea of financing that seemed kind of absurd to me. So I just paid cash for that, and that house needed a little more work. I ended up putting about 15000 into that. It's actually more than I needed to put into it. There was a lot of inexperience involved there. But 45000 said and done, and then rented out for about 800 a month, it ended up being a good investment. The other homes, what would you say the average purchase price is? And I'll be specific, within those six that you bought in that 10-month frame. With those six, I think the average is about 40000 That was just a really good time frame. It was 2013 and 14, and the prices were great. I didn't know they were great. You kind of don't sometimes realize what's going on when you're actually living it. So I was, for my opinion, I was actually being conservative. I could have bought a lot faster. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know if I'd end up losing my shirt on these houses. So I bought six with cash while I was there, probably for about an average of maybe a little less than 40000 So it's 10 months, all cash, $240,000. And from what I know about the military, my bro's in the military, and perhaps he's not in the right branch, but I don't think $240,000 is a 10-month salary in the military. So still, I'm just trying to figure out how you're able to do that. Yeah. Again, I'm somebody who, kind of me and my wife have been living a very frugal lifestyle since we came into the military. Again, when we bought that house in 2003. She's in the military too? She's not. No, in fact, she wasn't working. So we've done this all on my salary. (laughs) But we had the goal of paying off that house as quick as we could. So from 2003 to, say, 2009, we got the house paid off. And then once it was paid off in 2009, all the rent coming in from that house, which is about $2,400 a month, now that's all becoming savings. On top of that, I'm taking all the extra money I can for my paycheck, and I'm also throwing that into investment, just putting that into a savings account. And then we haven't talked about this yet, but another thing that I was doing as well was I was flipping houses with a partner. I flipped about eight houses while living in Japan. And really all I was doing in this deal was I was financing these houses. So I was basically getting the mortgages to put the houses under contract and buy them. And then I had a partner who was actually in D.C. that was doing the flip. 
and we would sell them and we would split the profits 50-50. That also built up some of the money that I ended up using to purchase these houses in the future. There's the missing piece of the puzzle. Okay. How much do you think you made flipping houses? I probably made about $60,000 flipping houses. So it wasn't absurd amounts of money, but certainly it was a help. Now, one thing I had done since 2000, which I think did well, was I was somebody who was always putting money that I had into the S&P 500 index fund and just kind of like letting it sit there and build. And I had been doing that even throughout the time that I was paying my property off. So by the time that I was going to buy houses, I was taking money out of the stock market and just like selling it and then using that to purchase these properties. But also what I did though, at one point, I don't own the house in DC anymore. So what I did was I sold that house that I bought for 280000 I sold that for $400,000. So one house sold in D.C. buys 10 houses in Montgomery, Alabama. Did you sell that prior to making the run on those six homes? I sold that actually in 2016. So I probably mm-hmm. sold that at about the time I had about 12 of the homes. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of allowed me to go quickly from, say, 12 to... Got it. So you were just basically pinching pennies for 13 years prior to jumping into this? Yes. And to talk more about that, we're the kind of people that like, we didn't buy nice furniture. We didn't take fancy vacations. We didn't buy new cars. We had old used cars. We're kind of like the old used clothes, the old used Ikea furniture. We pinched pennies when friends of ours were going out to dinners in Washington, D.C. and getting nice appetizers and going out to eat on Fridays and Saturdays and spending a lot of money, we were eating at home. We were just the kind of people that were more concerned about putting our money aside for our future than they were kind of about current consumption and keeping up with the Joneses. And then kind of realizing around 12, 13-year point of our careers, that money had kind of snowballed and started to feel kind of substantial. And obviously, I'm at the point now where I'm already financially independent. I haven't even got my military retirement yet. When I do retire at the 20-year point, which is two years from now, I'll have a very comfortable retirement. The property that you sold in Virginia, you bought it for 280 sold it for 400 How much did you put into it? As far as like remodeling yeah. and stuff like that? Not very much. I remember redoing the driveway. I remember redoing two bathrooms. Nothing substantial enough to really make note of. Got it. Less than 5000 Why sell that versus get a line of credit? Oh, never mind. Debt. <laughs> I, I just bit my tongue. <laughs> I know the answer why with you. Okay. Got it. So you- and the thing about me is I really enjoyed not having any of this debt. And it's nice having all this cash flow come in without any debt that I have to pay, especially with the idea of coming up on retirement from the military. But that doesn't mean that it's something that I would never do. I'm actually exploring with some partners, getting into a 40-unit apartment building in Montgomery, Alabama right now. And the numbers look like they might work and it's something that I might do and I might have to go into debt to do that. It's something I might do. I have really enjoyed being debt-free, but I'm not the kind of person that's going to tell everybody else hey, nobody should go into debt. That's no way to build wealth. I do realize that using debt in a responsible way is a valid way to build wealth. But I've really enjoyed the peace of mind of not having any debt. It's something that has worked for me in my career. And I think just as I've kind of pointed out with the prices of the houses in Montgomery, Alabama, 
I actually did finance one of them almost as an experiment. And I was kind of like, well, I don't really know why I financed that because I got the cash to pay this off. And I went ahead and paid it off a few months later. And I realized how much money I had spent in and the cost of sort of financing it. So it just didn't work out to finance houses at that price, in my opinion. If those houses had been $300,000 each, likely I would have financed them. For a $30,000 house, did you go with a local lender on that? The one that I financed, I think, was yeah, like 45000 and it was a local lender. It was a small bank. I financed it, and the thing that I realized is that the costs involved in getting the loan are the same as the costs involved in getting a $400,000 loan. There isn't a huge difference. So obviously, having 20 small loans like that could eat into your bottom line a little bit. When you think about the larger apartment building that you are considering, how will you sleep at night having a very large loan? That's true. I think it's because I already have a large portion of my portfolio that's paid off. And then to know that I could take a couple hundred thousand dollars and use that towards my share of an apartment building that would be financed in a separate LLC, that down payment would be tied to my properties. And that kind of scares me. But knowing that I've got two more years of work, right? Two more years of still working in the military. And I've got substantial money coming in from my rental properties. I kind of feel like I have a lot of margin for error. And I know that if I bought this property, I'd find out in the next six months to a year that things didn't go the way I thought they would. I'd find out. And to be quite honest, if I had to, I guess I would just work past the 20-year point to make up for a mistake in a rental property. And if this particular property went well, it could almost double what I've done so far in my career, and it could be massive. So I guess it's also a risk worth taking. I think that you probably talk about people a lot with these multifamilies, but I've never dealt with before. Once you start getting into multifamilies, there's some serious money and some cash flow to be made. Yes, there is. That's for sure. What I'd like to talk to you about is the market selection. The 20 units that you have, are they all in Montgomery, Alabama? Yes, they're all in Montgomery, Alabama. The reason I sold the house in Alexandria, Virginia, is I realized it wasn't making very much money as a rental. Kind of in a high cost of living market, and you're renting it out, you're just not making that much. You're making 2-3% ROI probably. When I got to Montgomery, Alabama... I realized that I was probably making more than 10%, and it was just a much, much better market. My second house I bought for $45,000, and it was moving ready, and I rented it out for $900 right away. So we're talking about a much, much better rental market there. And so I just stuck there. From what I can tell, risk adverse and being very conservative. How do you reconcile having all of your properties in one market? That's a good question. I think one of the main things is I've always been looking ever since I left and I've sort of got to the point where I started to meet lots of other real estate investors, being involved in some different conferences and different websites, even podcasts. I've always been looking for a better location and always been looking for comparable or better deals in different cities. And 
I've just been unable to see anything that was, from my perspective, came close financially or gave me the comfort level of what I have in Montgomery, Alabama. Because I also have a real estate agent that I trust. I also have a property management company that I trust and that we've done very well together and that I found a way to work with, even though I keep moving to different parts of the world every couple of years. So I can't find a way to duplicate that anywhere else very easily. And I feel like the easiest thing to do is just keep investing in that same location, especially when the numbers work out for me. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think, and again, this is going to be different than what I think you probably hear from a lot of other people, but a lot of people will be like, hey, you know, I'm brand new. I'm starting out. Maybe I'm in debt. I don't have a lot of money and I really want to start investing. What should I do? How do I get started? And what I would tell them would usually take the wind out of their sails. I usually tell them, but what I think you should do first is probably pay off some of that debt. Get yourself in a financial position where you're investing from sort of a financial place where you're financially a little bit stronger. So get rid of that debt, save up a 20% down payment, and buy that first property. That's kind of how I like to approach investing for a brand new investor, is that you should go into your first deal from a financial position of strength, having your loans paid off and saving up a down payment, and then go in and get a more traditional loan where you actually have 20% down and the bank's like happy with you and not charging you PMI. And then go in from there. And then if it works out, then go into your second deal. That's my advice. Why wouldn't the advice be, instead of you suggesting 20% down, why wouldn't it be pay all cash? The thing is, when I first realized that I had like 10, 15 properties that I'd paid all cash for, and I kind of thought like, wow, this is really cool. Everybody should do this. The truth is, I talked to a lot of other people, and I did a lot of research, and I ran all the numbers. And the truth is, financially, that isn't the fastest way to build wealth. Even from a conservative standpoint, if you are conservatively using debt in a smart manner with at least 20% down and you have a mortgage and you're buying properties and the property levels don't fluctuate too much and that property was cash flowing decently and you went ahead and brought a second property for 20% down and you kind of did that over a long period of time versus what I did with cash. If you were to project those two things out into the future, in almost all cases, you would have far more wealth in the situation where you use debt to do so. So I would hesitate to recommend to everybody never use debt to invest in real estate. I would just say that you have to decide what level of debt you're comfortable with. I appreciate that explanation. That makes a whole lot of sense. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it, yeah. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Want to build wealth through real estate but tired of dealing with tenants, termites, and toilets? Check out the Note Investing Academy. They'll teach you how to invest in the mortgage instead of the property with all the cash flow or appreciation you want and investing as actively or passively as you'd like. Use the code FAIRLESS 
at noteinvestingacademy.com for $500 off enrollment. Rich, what's the best ever book you've read? Okay. It's called Fooled by Randomness. I don't know if you've heard this one before. No, I haven't. Show. This is by Nassim Taleb. It's an investing book. And basically, he talks about the role that luck and that probability and human error and risk plays in our lives and how most people, I think, underestimate it or tend to overestimate, I guess, their skill level versus luck. And that it probably comes most into play when you're talking about your ability to pick investments or your trust in your financial manager's ability to invest on your behalf. He's kind of very down on, I guess you could say, Wall Street in general, but I love it. I think it changed my way that I look at the stock market, Wall Street, and it's called Fooled by Randomness. I recommend it for anybody that likes money, which is probably most people. <laughs> Definitely most people listening to this podcast. What's the best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I've done, I think I kind of alluded to it earlier. I really thought the first ever deal that I did in Montgomery was one of the toughest. The second deal that I did Luckily, I didn't give up. I kept going. The second deal I did was one of the best. I found a property that I got it for $45,000, and it was actually moving ready. I didn't even have to vacuum. It was a four-bedroom, two-bath, which usually I go for at least three-bedroom, two-bath. And I rented it out for $900 a month. So $45,000 is what I bought it for and rented it out for $900 a month, and it's been a great property. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? The house that I bought first in Montgomery, Alabama, lots of inexperience. I just kind of went for it. I knew, I knew some other people that were investing in Montgomery, Alabama, and they helped me get started. But I went and bought that first property for $30,000 that needed a lot of work. I got an inspection done on it, and they kind of noticed some things that were wrong. But once the house closed, I noticed that there was a big pile of trash in the middle of the living room. And when I removed all of the trash... I realized that there was kind of like a huge, almost like a camel hump in the middle of the living room. The people who had sold the house had somehow used trash to cover up the fact that something was pushing up into the air, was actually pushing you know, the middle of the living room up into the air almost two feet. So what ended up happening, and what took me several weeks to figure out, was that there was a tree root that was growing up into the middle of the living room. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so honestly, it was just not having a very good inspector and not doing a very good job walking around the house. There was a very substantial problem with the house that I just didn't notice, and neither did anybody else. I had estimates that were talking about $10,000, $15,000 to fix, totally freaking me out. After spending a couple of weeks going through lots and lots of different people, finally found somebody that fixed it for about $1,000, so save the day. What they do for a thousand that others were saying would take ten thousand? <laughs> it was a concrete guy, and he was the first person that actually kind of like I don't really know what we're dealing with here, and he just like pulled the carpet away and got a sledgehammer out and started smashing at the ground, which I was kind of like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then he started throwing the concrete out of the way, and he saw a big tree root, and he's like, "Oh, it's a tree root," and he's like, "I'll pull this tree root out, I'll repour this area a couple inches higher." Like I'll charge you a thousand bucks. I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. That was after about seven or eight other people had come in without actually knowing what was wrong and had given me much, much, much higher estimates of what it would cost to fix. Best ever way you like to give back? 
For me, I'm in the military, and uh, what I've been doing is I'm trying to teach people in the military how to responsibly invest and purchase houses. And what happens a lot in the military, and I'm doing that through my website and also just talking to people, what people in the military do a lot is they get this idea that they should buy a house at every location they end up in. And that doesn't always work out for people in the military because you shouldn't necessarily buy a house in San Diego and then Honolulu and then Washington, D.C., because when you leave, you usually end up losing a lot of money because it becomes a bad rental property. So I'm really trying to educate on not just real estate, it's my focus, but also on responsible saving and investing. What's the best ever way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? My website is called Rich on Money, richonmoney.com. You can go there and take a look around. And if people want to reach out to me, email me at richcarry at gmail.com. It's R-I-C-H-C-A-R-E-Y, richcarry at gmail.com. Would love to hear from your listeners. I'm sure you'll be hearing from some listeners. Really enjoyed learning about how you and your wife got to where you're at by taking a fiscally responsible and conservative approach, saving most of your money that you've been making, then also applying that to investing, saving it, doing some stuff on the side, and then saving up. And now you have 20 properties all debt-free and are looking to continue to scale and ruin your track record. Now you're looking for debt. But <laughs> That's yeah, okay. we'll see. We'll see, yeah. You're, you're, you're a different stage, certainly. And thanks for getting into the case studies of the properties. Uh, really grateful you're on the show. Thanks again for what you do. And looking forward to staying in touch and talk to you soon. Hope you have a best ever day. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Want to build wealth through real estate but tired of dealing with tenants, termites, and toilets? Check out the Note Investing Academy. They'll teach you how to invest in the mortgage instead of the property. With all the cash flow or appreciation you want and investing as actively or passively as you'd like. Use the code FAIRLESS at noteinvestingacademy.com for $500 off enrollment.